Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, welcome back, Brew fans. You've got the Brew Crew Review crew here uh, with another podcast. We're going to be bringing you a quick little prospect profile on a rapid nine. Vince Scott, how are you guys doing today? Doing great, Craig. Doing great, Scotty. Is uh, Chad on for our, our trivia this week? Uh, no, I think he might be at the opera. It's very possible. Good to be cultured. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, since the Milwaukee Brewers team is in uh, first place and they're um, – there's not as much focus on the minor leagues as there once at the when we started the show in 2004 and the birds were just coming off like a hundred plus loss season. And everyone's only excited about the minors and not so much the major league product, but um, so, so we're going to kind of refocus. I'm going to throw out a prospect profile on a former number one draft pick and someone who's doing very well in the minor leagues this year. And that's Ethan small left-handed pitcher who was our first round pick from a few years back. So far in the Meyer Leagues, he is 2-0 with a 0.77 ERA, 23 innings pitched, 31 strikeouts, and a 1.07 whip. So I know on our last podcast, we talked about how awesome our, our current six-man rotation is, and it's better than any other basically decades worth of Brewers pitchers. Um, and now you add in the fact that we also have at AAA and progressing through the Meyer League, league leagues uh, another left-handed deceptive left-hander named Ethan Small whose delivery has been compared to Clayton Kershaw's before uh, and he has had a phenomenal strikeout uh, rate both in college and throughout the minor league baseball even though his stuff is not necessarily described as you know big strikeout big velocity or anything like that so he's been he's very deceptive and he's been very Awesome and consistent in the minor leagues. In fact, he has not allowed more than five runs in any game throughout his entire college or minor league career to this point. So he really limits hard contact. And he's someone I'm really excited about um, as a Milwaukee Brewer. And I think he'll be ready to possibly contribute at the major league level at any point, probably in the second half of this season. That also could mean with his elevated status as a minor leaguer that he could also be a number one trade chip to bring in a really nice possible bat too so we you just never know but uh do you guys have any thoughts on what you've seen out of uh ethan small and his minor league production to this point boy so far i'm just really impressed with uh you know his, his demeanor on the mound like he just seems he always seems really cool calm and collected out there he always seems to you know have that pinpoint location it's really great watching him work out there um, and yeah, like you said, he's been able to do it for so long now. I think that he's kind of flown a little bit under the radar because, well, first of all, we have so many great pitchers at the major league level. And then, you know, last year we kind of talked about Ashby because obviously he had a, um, you know, aside from maybe his debut, he had a really great season. And, uh, you know, I, I think small, if he winds up staying with the birds, which I, I assume that he will, um, He's going to be a guy that um, is going to be basically like used in the way that we kind of used Ashby last year. So uh, it's nice to know that we have, uh, you know, another, another good depth piece. Yeah. Uh, he's an interesting guy. I, 
we kind of alluded to it on our last podcast, podcast, I think number 716. But I think that, uh, I think that a guy like small is definitely going to be one of the types of guys that other teams are going to be looking at as a trade chip um, come the deadline when the Brewers are out looking for hopefully a big bat uh, to bring in. I, you know, the guys are, that are going to be sellers at the deadline are going to be teams that are out of contention. My guess is that they're going to want, you know, players who are going to help them in years to come. And a guy like Ethan small, isn't that far away. Um, so you can help a team relatively soon, you know, within the next year. And I, I think that that might be a, a guy who could land at the top of the list of potential trade chips that the brewers have, uh, you know, come July 31st or whenever the trade deadline is now. Yeah, and to reiterate your guys' points, I mean, I, I think that uh, his the fact that he's so close to, major, to helping out the major league level will make him an attractive trade, trade chip. But since he shows the possible ceiling of like a number two-ish starter, in my, in my opinion, I mean, the Brewers have not had very many prospects like that over the last 30 to 50 years. <laughs> so, I mean, if, if we had developed someone like this in the minor league draft and developed someone like this in previous years, he'd almost be off limits in any trade talk, you know, with a small market club uh, like us that, you know, really needs quality pitching. And so the fact that he would only be like our seventh best pitcher, it just speaks to our awesome depth as an organization. But I think it should also give us a little bit of pause as far as just like definitely throwing him into a trade uh, just to land the right guy. Like I would not trade him for a rental. I mean, there, it would have to be for a cost controlled header with young header with high upside, in my opinion, to, to really be able to part with him. There's not too many rentals outside of you know, some super huge superstar names that I, w- I would probably part with small with for a rental as an example yeah. of a mistake uh, uh, that could be made. The Oakland A's just la- last year traded Jesus Lazardo to the Miami Marlins for a couple of months of Starley Marte. And now Lazardo is looking like that same similar ceiling of like a number two starter pitching for the Marlins and Marte is now on the mat. So Oakland A's are in major rebuild mode and they, they lost out on Lazardo for just two months of, and, and again, Marte is pretty much a borderline superstar rental. I just wouldn't want to see the Brewers make quite that move. But like, but like Vince pointed out in our last podcast, I mean, we should be in all go all in mode for the next couple of seasons while we're, we have our our aces like Corbin Burns uh, and Woodruff under team control. So I, I think nothing's off the table. Yeah. But but I, but I, th- I I trust our front office will do the smart thing and, and definitely use him to acquire a really quality player if if indeed he gets traded. So. Craig, um, I, I hear all your points. Uh, I and I totally, you know, understand where you're coming from. I, I really think that this is the year, or this year and next year, I think are the two big years that we should be going all in, all the way. And if that takes trading your top prospects, well, so be it. Because, um, you know, I obviously it's taken us some time to get to this point. But you know, last year when we acquired uh, Eduardo Escobar at the deadline, for instance, it was, you know, I was okay with that pickup, but he's not a superstar, and I think we were all a little disappointed with the Brewers Hall. Um, at the deadline last season. So if we want to get guys that are, you know, maybe a step up from Eduardo Escobar and John Curtis and Daniel Norris, we're going to have to, we're going to have to go and, and probably unfortunately sell low on some of our guys at the top rungs of our minor league system. And I'm usually not okay doing that, but I think that for 2022 to 2023, uh, I probably would be okay, honestly, to, to do that as this team is, you know, kind of reaching that full maturation together as Josh Hader is still on the back end of that bullpen as, the starting rotation is still together and here and, uh, you know, performing at 
at the talent level that they are and of the ages that they are. I just think that now is the time that we've got to do it. I mean, we don't have a one World Series championship in 53-year history of the team, so I think it's about time. Yeah, and although we do have team control over Carbon Burns and Woodruff through the 2024 season, we only have team control over Josh Hader through the 2023 season, which is this season and next. So I agree with the fact that this year, this two-year window is really where we have to push all our chips to the front, to the middle of the table and hope that we can bring home a World Series uh, to Milwaukee for the first time. That would be amazing. So definitely nothing's off the table. Um, all right, let's Scott, would you fly home for what Scotty, would you fly home for a Brewers World Championship parade? Probably not. All right, maybe if you could have your interns <laughs> edit that, Scott. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, it's probably, oh. it, will it be on YouTube or something? I don't know. Oh my well, god. Well, I mean if I'll just watch it on a live stream. All right. Well, <laughs> um uh, but you're really disappointed and let down West Dallas, but I think they'll they've recovered yeah. all they've recovered over other other really bad, terrible things. So I'm sure they'll be fine. I'm sure, I'm sure if we win a World Series, people aren't gonna be like, God, oh man, I really wish Scott was here for this parade. I don't think there's gonna be a lot of people that are saying that, but you know Well Craig Craig, Craig and I would be Craig great, and I would be. It'll be a great problem to have. Craig and I would be. I mean, we'd be upset. <laughs> Sad. Yeah, probably. Craig pick you up at the airport. You'll be fine. Pick up at the airport. Yeah. I could see Tom Carter being upset. Our anonymous source for all of the, you know, great, (laughs) you know, things that he's he's told us. And he's really, (laughs) you know, helped. He's really helped make this podcast what it is. Yeah, surely. Tom Carter is a great anonymous source for the record. So I'm glad we got that out there. All right, guys, it's time for a rapid nine. And I do like to ask for us to please make this rapid because our listeners and I all have other things that we have to do here soon. So um, here don't we are, first that. inning. Take your time. Okay. First inning, let's see. Let's start off with Vince. Uh, most surprising MLB team so far through the month of April. Uh, most surprising MLB team, I will go with the Mets. I don't ever expect the Mets to be that good. So I'll say the Mets being as good as they are so far. That surprised me a little bit. Scott. Mm, um, I guess maybe kind of a tough call between the Marlins and the Rockies because I didn't think that either one of them was going to be over 500 just yet. Um, the Marlins have more talent, I think, but I didn't expect it to develop as quickly as it did. So um, I guess I'll say them. I'll go with the first place Angels in a division where I think that the Mariners and the, the, the Astros are the two best teams, but the Angels have emerged from April as the first place team. So I'll go with them. All right. Hey, I'm actually, gonna see the, I'm actually going to see the Mariners and Astros game tonight, guys. I'm excited. Very exciting. Jake, former Brooker Review interview alum, Jake Odorizzi is on the mound. And uh, former uh, graduate of my high school, uh, Derek Klenick, is scheduled to play tonight, I believe, as well. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Hmm. Wait a second, though. I'm not sure this checks out. When are we taping this? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, whatever. It was a good game. No, I'm glad game. you were able to attend. Series. It's, a, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. Three games. Yeah. Okay. 
Michael Brantley also Tyler. also did a had a good game. Anyway, uh, most disappointing MLB team in April, Scott. Most disappointing. Uh, I, you know, they don't have anything, but um, there are thirty-two teams or thirty teams to choose from. The Reds are disappointing because even though I didn't expect anything out of them, I didn't expect this. Like pretty bad really bad really historically bad i think they've only won one game since april 10th i read it's, that's ridiculous yeah that's pretty pretty wild um i think that you could definitely make a very strong case for the reds just because they are so bad but i'm gonna i think we all expected them to be bad i'm gonna go with the white Sox at 8 and 13 coming into play when we're yeah. taping this on a mystery date um, I could also see an argument being made for the Rangers, not because they were expected to be that good, but just because they spent a lot of money this offseason. And I think people expected them to be at least better than uh, what they currently are. But my official pick will be the White Sox. Who's the White Sox manager anyway? Must not be very good. That's <laughs> correct, um, Scott. <laughs> yeah. I, my pick was also the, the White Sox. It's disappointing. All right, so now for the next two questions, the Brewers have used different players as their leadoff hitters and cleanup hitters throughout April. And uh, so these next two questions are, if you're a manager of the Brewers, who's your favorite 2020 Brewers leadoff hitter since? 2020 Brewers leadoff hitter? Sorry, 2022. I don't even remember that. We were on lockdown. Uh, I don't if you were a man of the Brewers, who would be who would you bat lead off most McC- of the time? McCutcheon. Like McCutcheon would be my leadoff hitter. McCutcheon. Okay, Scott. Yeah, McCutcheon's a great pick. I almost think um, just to be a little different, I'll say Christian Yelich because um, Yelich's yeah. power is not. Um, he, he's just he's hitting the ball hard again, which is really great, but he's just pounding it in on the ground too much. So, I don't know. Might not exactly. be a bad idea to put him in the leadoff spot. All right. I'm going to go with Andrew McCutcheon, too. Um, I like how he can get on base. All right. Fourth inning, your favorite Brewers cleanup hitter? Scott, you go first. Um, how about Rowdy? <laughs> rowdy, rowdy. Vince? Um Brewers cleanup hitter. Uh, I don't think we've found him yet. Good my answer. favorite Brewers cleanup hitter this season this season is gonna be someone that we acquire later. And the rest of the guys are fine in other portions of that lineup. All right. I you do, Scott. No, you don't. It's Andrew McCutcheon was my cleanup hitter. So yes, I did pick what? The player that I I said should pro- was a decent off-season signing just because he would make a good fourth outfielder. Is now <laughs> what I is now actually our best leadoff and cleanup hitter. So I wish we could clone him, but we can't because we have a bunch of other players on the team. So sad but true. Here we are. All right, <laughs> uh, fifth inning. Out of these pitchers, Ashby, Hauser, Lauer, or Small. Which one would you most likely include in a trade for a hitter? Hauser. I like Hauser a ton, but I, yeah, it's Hauser. 
given his age. And the fact he's a right. Yeah. Player. Yeah, I think I have to agree. I wanted to switch it up to do something different, but I I think to me anyway, he's he's the guy that I would trade. No, it is a consensus, and, and Hauser has been pitching well, especially his last couple starts, but over the last year and this year, I mean, he's definitely someone with some value to another team, including ours if we keep him. So I think, as we mentioned at the beginning of this yeah. podcast, Ethan Small is probably a better unproven candidate uh, to be traded, but I, I mean, I think for the future of our organization, I think Hauser might make the most sense, and depending on how Ashby does this year, I suppose. Um Okay, because if you were to think about it, like with our pitching depth, not all these guys are going to be starting in, in the playoffs for us or whatever. So you'd have to kind of and, – and we saw that last year with Hauser. So, all right, sixth inning. Scott, you want yeah. to read this one off? Which um, – Yeah, okay. Which Brewers minor league free agent <laughs> that we signed this offseason will, will have the biggest impact this year? David Dahl, John Singleton – Tyler White or none of the above? Um, I mean, I want to say none of the above, but that seems like kind of a cop-out answer. Like if any of them does anything, I, I don't know. I thought that there was a time that David Dahl was at least decent. So I'm going to say him, but I'm, I, I don't think any of them are going to make a significant impact. Let's put it that way. All right, I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to be weirdly optimistic, and I'm just going to say that because of his raw power, John Singleton will have a strangely very important home run some game down the stretch in September after rosters expand again uh, off the bench, doing something like that. Yeah, I'll say Singleton in a kind of a one-off weird Brewers forever moment. Cool. Well, I I think that most likely none of them even see the uh, – it's very possible they can never field see the field as a Milwaukee Brewer. Um, but if they if they did, I have a funny feeling David Dahl could really fill a role. I mean, maybe if we trade uh, someone like Tyrone Taylor or you know give an injury to one of the older outfielders, I feel that if David Dahl got the call of the major league as a left-hander with some speed, he could make an impact this year as a Milwaukee Brewer. So that's that'll be my pick. All right, seventh inning. Let's stay in NL Central for this one. So far, as of well, as of this taping, the Reds have less than five victories on the season, and we're heading into the middle of May. Um, predict how many losses the Reds will have in 2022. They're on pace for 140, I believe. <laughs> Vince, you can start off. Man, I know you hate the Reds. So you can start off, Vince. Me. I don't hate I don't hate the Reds. I, I, I do not hate the Reds. I, I respect their tradition and their history. Um, but they are pretty bad right now. I think that um, God, I, I, they can't stay this bad. I'll I'll say that they lose 120 or 21 games this year. <laughs> that was very nice of you, um, Scott. Um, I'm going to be very nice and say. 107 losses. <laughs> 107. So 107 losses puts them one game worse than the 2002 Brewers, for reference, which is the worst team in, in <laughs> Brewers history. With all all due respect to our friend David Pember, who I'm sure does listen to the podcast, actually, for real. Um, sorry, David, but um, yeah, the Brewers in 2002 were 60, 
We're, I'm sorry, we're 56 and 106. David, I had those Montgomery in ribs. They're phenomenal. Phenomenal. <laughs> Best ribs I ever had. He was right. And if you if you get food if you get food recommendations right with me, you you're right. You're right with the world. Yep. So yep. Great job. I guess I'm gonna be more optimistic than either of you guys go with 99 losses. I just feel that their young pitching will will somehow come through with them through for them uh, later in the season. Uh, but we'll see. Um, all right. He also just got hurt again, but I will say that they've been missing a guy like Jonathan India. You know, there is some talent on that team, which is a lot of inexperienced yeah. talent. And India has been out, but I think he just got put on the disabled list again yesterday, right? I believe so. Yeah, and he's so controllable for so long that I don't expect, like, he's one of the few remaining people left of, after that fire sale. Yeah. So. That's right. And they're not going to rush him back because they know, you know, where they're at this year either. So they're definitely going to let him heal up from this injury and they'll take their time doing it. So, you know, it's reasons like that, that I just, I, I I'm, I'm exaggerating slightly probably the amount of losses that they'll actually have, of course, but I, I do think it's going to be a pretty catastrophically bad season for Cincinnati. They even have a veteran pitcher and Mike Miner coming off the DL, which will well, at some point soon, which will stabilize them a little bit. So we'll see. All right, so eighth well, inning. We still have Castillo, right? I think, right? Yep, Luis Castillo as well Castillo. coming off the. So AL. he he might get traded though. I I expect him to be traded by the deadline. Um, yeah. So they could actually get worse. <laughs> <laughs> Castillo Castillo has not pitched yet this year, according to the note from my or from our intern. All right. Yeah. See, I feel better about that one hundred and seven. Okay, so this next one, I don't want to talk about at length uh, or get into it much, but uh, eighth inning, Trevor Bauer just got suspended by Major League Baseball for two full seasons. In your opinion, without getting into my details on, on your opinion, do you think that this was too long, not long enough, or that you need more info for your decision? Scott. Um, well, there's a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have you. But um, I, I don't know, man. I mean, the thing is, is that like a lot of what's kind of going on isn't like we're not necessarily privy to, you know, the MLB investigation and what was uncovered. Uh, two years is an awful long time. I, I personally, I'd rather see, I think it's a little bit too long for somebody that hasn't been criminally, I guess, charged or found guilty or something like that yet. Having said that, I, I mean, when it comes out in the year, like the atrocities that he's done, I don't want people to pull this up and go, oh, see, you serves me less than two years. Like, he's like, you know, in prison for five or 10 years or something like that. Well, he's not, he's not going to be charged criminally. They, they actually announced that there's not going to be criminal charges filed. But in fact, he just, he just, uh, he just sued the woman that accused him of this. Well, he's uh, got a third court, accuser so. now, but you know, they tend That's to. Right. You know, once one domino falls, the rest of them tend to, and everybody wants to jump on board. So, yeah. But, but no, if, know, there's, if there's more see. evidence for more accusers, they could certainly still charge them, but they're just they not could, like yeah. what they have now. Yeah. So, yeah. And they so, announced that they're not, though, for that. Person. So, what was, your, what was your answer, Vince? Uh, I'm fine with the amount of games, not because we know enough to know probably on the sexual assault, but because I think that you could get him under the best interests of the game clause and leave that to the discretion of major league baseball. I mean, this is a guy who 
I think it genuinely makes the game look bad. I think that he, he creates a bad image for baseball. I think that um, he does a lot of things that would aggravate me a ton, uh, but that's not relevant to this discussion. But um, I, I think that the sexual assault allegations are obviously so serious that Major League Baseball has to investigate them thoroughly. And I'm fine with them making a statement on this. They must have evidence that says that he did something that, if not criminal, is at least uh, wrong enough to the point where he's subject to this. But they've given less to guys who have also done very bad things, uh, including on the Brewers, guys like Francisco Rodriguez. So I think that I think that my answer is it's okay, but say it's for more than just this too. I think that it has to be like the whole ball of wax, just making the game look bad, sexual assault, a bunch of things just kind of go into this for me. I just think he's a dirtbag. I wouldn't want him around. I don't think yeah, I like I, his blog either. I, I, I agree that the, I think the, they probably got the suspension just about right. Or, or I, I don't think that it was, uh, you know, I don't have all the info, but I assume that the, the, evidence that you have warranted it and like i said if this was you charged or not if this happened to any of us we'd probably get fired from our jobs if it was out there in the news or whatever so i mean it is what it is and it's its employer i you know so i think i'm thinking i'm fine with the, yeah. the suspension from mlb so um okay this ninth my, inning, my question oh, this... is if it's if it's not criminal is it too long if they just don't like the guy you know and that's kind of my question and and to me again baseball is unique you know there's a long history of the game being able to suspend guys in the best interests of the game. And that's the phrase it's used. And I think that that's, that's what I would use to, to go after him in this case. If they have video of him, you know, knocking a woman out and dragging her out of her elevator unconscious by her weave, then maybe, <laughs> maybe. That's the only, I mean, right. I mean, Ray Rice, like, okay, so what? He got suspended for a year, obviously NFL, MLB, apples to oranges and all that. But I, he got a year, but he basically got blackballed. So like he's out, you know. So right. regardless, I think that's that's the way that it's going to go with Trevor Bauer as well. I mean, I I think his yeah career is over. Well, I do too. And who who in their right mind would want to sign a guy like that? I mean, I know the teams are desperate for pitching, but do you want that guy as a distraction? He is, you know. And again, we don't know all the evidence. I want to be clear about that, but. He hasn't issued a statement saying he's sorry for anything. I and I understand he may not be doing that because that would accept some level of legal culpability. So he's probably being advised not to do that by his legal counsel, and I understand that. But he doesn't act like a guy who's contrite at all about any of this, and not even the, that could make it right. So you know, to me, if he is guilty of what has been what he's been accused of, he, he should probably be charged criminally first of all. But um, even so, I, I still think that the best interest of the game. Uh, Claws should rule out. I think I just think he gives baseball a, a real, real bad image. I'm disappointed uh, no, that and, and the and real winner here is the Dodgers. <laughs> like the real winner is the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. you know, look at look at how much that frees up. They're like, oh hey, we can go sign another two superstars. Well, <laughs> in their defense, they could have done that anyway. They've got enough money that they want to that they can spend. But anyway, I, I guess just well, now they can I, sign four. I, <laughs> I consider baseball to be kind of more of a family sport than some of the other sports, I guess. And so um, whether that's right or wrong, I don't know, but I mean, I wouldn't want my son to go up to during BP and, and uh, get an autograph from Trevor Bauer after this. So I, I, I I'm completely fine with him never coming back to MLB. And I think teams should man, be man, fine with not, it as well. Not only your son, Craig, I'm starting to interrupt Craig. Her daughter. Yeah. Well, excited. 
yeah, it's like not only your son, but man, if I if I had a daughter, I don't. She's like the last. That would be the last guy that I'd want her to look up to or to emulate or to go get an autograph from or cheer for. I mean, it's just. Yeah. Exactly. I, yeah. The son. The son is bad enough, but a daughter, my God. All right, ninth thing, guys. And this is an important one. We all have a lot invested in this, including all of our listeners. What? Thank the, you. This is a twofold question you answer. What you th- what you want to happen and what you think will happen. So you answer both ways. Okay, Vince, you're leading off. In 2022, will Scott Bartel do one of the following? Stay in Las Vegas, move to Wisconsin, move to Texas. Or move to Ireland. Or Scott will above. stay exactly where. Uh, well, Scott technically lived in Henderson, Nevada, so none of the above. Yep, Scott will not be. Okay, it will he Scott. stay in Nevada, move to Milwaukee, yeah. or move? Yeah, no, he's staying there. It's easy. It's the easiest option. So that's that's what we'll. Okay, so no, that's what you think he'll do. What would you? What do you want him to do? Oh, I, I think Scotty should buy a boat and sail around the world with his dog and uh, write about it and write a great book and invest the money from the book proceeds into stocks that have actual value and then use that money to buy a nice house somewhere in the Milwaukee area. Yeah, absolutely. So I want him to move to Wisconsin, even if it's in Grafton or somewhere you know, safe like that. But uh, I do think that most... Most likely he will move to Ireland and buy a house there. And uh, <laughs> and I just hope that, that he, they still have Zoom there so he can partake in our podcast and then he can at least, you know, get some type of pigeon carrier letting him know uh, how the brewers are doing. So, <laughs> Scott, I, I do have to ask, have you even ever been to Ireland? No, but, and you know what else? Like a lot of... Irish and Scottish whiskey. I, I'm just not a whiskey drinker either, but you know, Guinness is all right. Yeah, there's there's Irish beer, there's Guinness. They do have Jameson whiskey, but um, that wasn't my question or reason for asking. I guess, you know, before moving to an entirely new country, do you think you may want to visit it at some point? Um, yeah, I got some friends there. They seem pretty good. They're like, you know, it's pretty, like, pretty um, under the radar kind of place um yeah but unfortunately right now right now like the housing market and rent i don't know that i can move anywhere so i am gonna say that i'm gonna stay and as much as i love the boat idea um i don't even eat seafood really so that's gonna be (laughs) like being on a boat and not fishing it seems no i don't know like if you're gonna sail that much then yeah, I, mean, I think Penny, you Penny I, I don't think it's the best yeah, you can, for me. Yeah, you can buy a boat with a fridge on it. You can take food with you. Your MREs, like the military does, as you know from your time in the Navy. I think Penny likes the boat yeah. option the best. Yeah, she'd be great. She can run around. Um, oh, wait, no. <laughs> the boat. The boat. Uh, who would be more, who would be uh, less comfortable? Penny on a on like a small boat sailing the ocean or Craig on a cruise. <laughs> yeah. so those both cruises pretty have confining. Those, late, 
cruises have late night dance parties that Craig would love because of his uh, spring break experiences over the years, as recently as probably this past April. So, um, yeah, I'd say that Craig on a cruise would probably. Yeah, I wonder if I could be a full time DJ on a cruise ship. That wouldn't be bad. I mean, I would get cold a, a couple you, times a year, but yeah, you, besides that, yeah, oh, that'd be phenomenal. Uh, and not only COVID, but food poisoning for sure on those buffets. But um, yeah, but you could be a full-time DJ on a cruise for sure. I've been on one cruise in my life, and I it wasn't the one in Mexico, Craig, with Paco or yeah. whatever his name was. Um, oh yeah, but wow. uh, a different a different one, and it was a different one. And um, yeah, I I think you could find some late night entertainment to be of value, um, given your historical experiences in that regard. I could be right, guys, like TV sporting director, but I would just have you do it because I don't know a lot about this. If you'll have to teach me, show me the ropes, Craig. Will do. All right, Wes Dallas, thank maybe you for you could, tuning maybe in. You could do dog grooming. Yeah, thanks, guys. This was fun. Don't forget to send your questions uh, to Scott at Brick Review Podcast with an S at gmail.com to answer all your uh, brewers related questions. I know he's on it and checking that regularly. Yeah, I right. really appreciate it, guys. Our fans are awesome. Like the guys, you guys that are listening, we really, really appreciate it. Especially if you listen this far into the again. podcast without turning on something else, we really appreciate that. So, <laughs> sounds good, guys. All right, all right, go stay Brewers. classy, hope Wisconsin. For a good, hope for a good week this week. All right, go Brewers. Go Brewers.